to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody, it's Jeff here once again with the Freedom Nation podcast, and we have another fantastic interview that I think you're absolutely going to love today with my friend Marcus Davis of The Breakfast Club. So you're going to learn a little bit about what he does and his philosophy on business. So Marcus, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. We are glad to have you on, man. So tell us a little bit about your story. How did you uh, get to where you are today? Well, uh, I got here where I am today. Uh, my mom and dad had a lot to do with that. They, you know, <laughs> they did their thing and voila, poof, here I came, 1971. Uh, I got it. I'm in the hospitality field and uh, I got into it um, through, my, through my father. It was introduced to me through my father, who was an educator by profession. Interesting. But his two passions were food and music. Uh-huh. He was a he was a great he was a great cook and a great pianist and he okay. was and to, and he could have been a professional at, at either one right okay. uh, but his his chosen profession was education he was uh, an administrator okay. uh, in um, elementary and middle school mm-hmm. uh, and but but you know my home was was full of folks on the weekends Sundays after church you know, for the, for the bulk of my life, because everyone wanted to come over and, and, and taste what my father made. That's awesome. You know, that, that, that entertaining and hospitality and, you know, inviting folks over uh, was instilled in me and my father. So much so that, you know, when I got a, you know, got grown and got my first house, I would um, do the same thing. I'd entertain, Hey, call, call folks over. Hey, come over. Put some meat on the pit. Let's watch the game. Let's watch the fight, whatever. That's event awesome. was on just using events to to to, to yeah. gather and um so i had i had white carpet uh cream colored carpet and i said you know my carpet is getting dirty with all of these things so i should probably open a restaurant instead of just letting everybody come and dirty <laughs> dirty your house. and voila <laughs> open a restaurant with cement floors so i wouldn't have to worry about yeah. carpet <laughs> Yeah. So that, that, that's how I got into the hospitality space. Mm-hmm. And uh, in 2001, I started, well, as a teenager, I worked through uh, in high school and through college in you know fast food joints, uh, waiting tables, bartending, serving, all that kind of good stuff. And then uh, when I graduated from Texas Southern University, uh, I took a job doing food in corporate. Um, and then uh, 2001, I opened my own concept. Nice. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that concept because you've got yeah. the Breakfast Club with a K. Yes, the Breakfast Club with a K. Yes. Tell me a little bit about how that concept became. What uh, What do you do, and and how do yeah. you serve your your core customer? So the con the, the the concept came about through entrepreneurship. My definition of entrepreneurship is filling a void in the marketplace that the marketplace is calling for consciously or subconsciously. And in 1999. Uh, I noticed 
that there was an opportunity to fill a void in the city of Houston, um, in the Midtown area, a transition a area in transition, um, in turn in the breakfast space, mm-hmm. and I wanted to fill fill that void. You, re, I don't know if you remember back in 1999, 98, when the world collectively decided to pay four bucks uh, for a cup of coffee, right? And it was <laughs> coffee had swag, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, but but none of the coffee shops sold, sold breakfast, mm. right? And uh, most of the breakfast restaurants, um, they Old sold terrible coffee. They they, they 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 sold okay food and lousy coffee, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, we we wanted to to get into that, at, at, you know, and that, and that's, that's that's it's a little hard for people to conceive today because you know brunch and breakfast is hella sexy in two thousand and twenty two, right? Sure, but it hadn't always been that way. My my experience in 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 the food world, breakfast was always a, an afterthought, right? It was a side thing. You put it on to make a few extra dollars, you know, to add to the bottom line, to add to the revenue, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and you were gonna be there anyway, so because you had to come in at six to do the prep for lunch, so why not go ahead and well make some money for being there? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And so uh, that's how it was treated. And so um, I wanted to do something about that, uh, particularly mm-hmm. in my city. And 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 in the Midtown area and and in the African American community, uh, I wanted to be able to bring a nice, uh, big Southern breakfast, uh, you know, with some unique dishes, and combine that. Going back to my original statement, combine that with a great cup of coffee and yeah. either uh, different blends or your specialty coffees, your white raspberry mochas, your caramel macchiatos, all like that. Nice. Uh, original, our, our, our first slogan was the coffee shop that happens to serve great food. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, when we opened, we, um, you know, it was literally a coffee shop that sold food and okay. then the food just took over. Right. Hmm. Uh, so in, in, in the restaurants about 25, 2600 square feet. Okay. And we had, we had about a little, a, a little 500 square foot section where I carved out the whole coffee scene, had the had the big, you know, the big sofa, with the big chairs and the throw rug, even had, you know, everybody was walking, today is walking around with their phone, but, yeah, you know, in 2001, you were looking for places to go and sign in or log in, had a couple little computers in the side. Oh, and, wow. And, uh, and it was, you know, it was a cool little joint, right? And then uh, the food got popular. A couple of food writers wrote about us and folks start coming in and then they started lining up <laughs> so much and, for the little seating area. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to, to do uh, to sip coffee on a little couch mm-hmm. with people standing in line watching you as they wait for pork chops and eggs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, we've been, watching, uh, we've been rewatching that show friends. And, you know, that really was what kicked off that whole movement of, you know, hey, you go to the coffee shop and the couches and all that. I was like, what a stark difference between today and back then, you know, because because Starbucks was that back then. Now, today, it's like we're going to give you the world's hardest chair, the smallest table. (laughs) And there's one outlet in the entire place. We want you out of here. We do not want you to stay. Yeah. These were the days when things were plush and cushy and, you know, warm and cozy and comfortable and you could just sink right into it. Yeah, not so much anymore. But so you, yeah, you you built 
uh, uh, just a really cool business. So tell us a little bit about, you know, okay, so you've got great food, you got great coffee. What makes y'all's place different? Because I know we had a little conversation about this at the beginning. Um, What makes us different? uh, Outside of, you know, being one of the few places where you can get, you know, uh, pork chop breakfast with a great, you know, latte or caramel macchiato. Mm. Uh, The other thing that makes us different um, or unique is our connection to the community. Okay. That's a, that's a big part of, of who we are and what we do. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, I actually think that's our signature. You know, I, 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 I believe that, I believe that the role of the entrepreneur, uh, has a lot to do with community building. Yeah. Right. Since the entrepreneur is responding to the need in the community and filling the void, Mm. And then the community is responding to that by supporting it. Then the entrepreneur goes back and fills other voids and provides other opportunities, you know, supporting little league baseball teams to getting involved in charitable causes or uh, sometimes political issues or your local schools and things of that nature. And I think that's, that was one of the things that, that, that uh, people really appreciated was we were very deliberate about, uh, we we are a part of the, of, of of the community. I remember going to one of the middle schools in the area and talking to them about you know something that I saw that I thought the school should address. Um, the school was changing, and yep. in essence, the the kids in the neighborhood would no longer be able to participate at the same rate that they were participating. Oh, man. And I asked them to reconsider that instead of not allowing those kids who live across the street to participate in this grand new fabulous program that they have, that they put in place. Yeah. And they said, well, Mr. Davis, do you have a, a student that you want to go here? You have a kid that's here? I was like, no, this is just in my feeder pattern. Yeah. And said, what do you mean it's in your feeder pattern? I run a business in this community and I've committed to support the middle school, the elementary school and the high school mm-hmm. in, in, in this area. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's and, well, and I, I would say, I mean, I, my guess is too, you're a, I mean, you're a, an icon or a mentor for those kids too. I mean, they right. need to know right. that, Hey, anybody can start a business in this country. Right. I mean, that's the right. cool part about it is you just have to have an idea and some drive and, you know, the rest kind of makes itself happen. You know, you, yeah. you, you figure it out. <laughs> Definitely have an idea. Definitely have have some drive. Yeah, well, especially if you're in a yeah, and if you're in a largely African, I'm assuming you're in an African American community there, right? Well, actually, um, where I am is is located in between the historic third and fourth ward community. But where I am, where I'm actually located is in Midtown. Okay, which is which is like you know just wildly diverse. It's it it borders our downtown uh, district. It is the gateway into into downtown it is right. we sit in between uh four different universities okay. uh texas southern rice um the the saint thomas university oh, cool. and uh uhd downtown yeah. hcc all of these are literally within two miles oh. uh northwest uh south and east yeah. of the restaurant so do you get a lot of, do you get a lot of students coming in or is it more we, just we, like community we, members? Yeah. We we get we get we look, we get we get a lot of of of, of everything. Nice. Um it, it's so it's so funny. Uh one of the things that uh you know when you go to try to open a business, you try to get a loan from the bank hmm. um to to no avail a lot of times, but nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> but, talk about that one half a day, but 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 yet you persist. 
Um, but I, one of the reasons that that I think they kept telling me no is I would not, I, not that I could not, I would not uh, answer the question the way they wanted me to, which is who is your target audience? Mm-hmm. What's your demographic? And I just refused to, to cave to, to that, that question because I wanted to be intentional in making this place super inclusive. Yes. And so I, I felt like if I started with a model of who the, who the target is, then I'll target them, right? And then I'll, and somebody won't get the attention. And I, and, and I get it conceptually. You know, I worked for a company before mm-hmm. where we identified who, the, who, the, who, who, I, who we were looking for, right? She yeah. was 25 years old, married with 2.3 kids and an income bracket of yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And so I get it. I've, I've been there, I've done that. Mm-hmm. But Houston is such a diverse city. I know yeah. people fling it around a lot. Uh, Houston is such a diverse city. It's uh, like leading, the leading the nation in, yeah. in diversity. Yeah. Uh, the location of where we are is such a diverse, you know, an, uh, diverse area or an yeah. opportunity for diversity. And I'm not just talking about race. I'm talking about student. So I wanted this place where a student could come in before they went to uh, take an exam yep. and sit next to uh, some med students who were, you know, yep. uh, because we're right on the board of the med- medical center mm. uh, and sit next to at the next table to be the, the, the senior VP or the CEO of one of the fortune 500 companies that that's housed downtown Houston exactly. uh, and sit next to the guys who just, climb the pole to put your leg, turn your electricity back on. Right. Absolutely. And so when I look around the room and I see that mix, you did right. You know, that is the breakfast club, right? Yeah. That is, you know, so I would tell the bankers, the breakfast club is open for anybody who wants to join. If you want yes. to be a member, just come on in. Absolutely. And look, I, I'll tell you the, the day that I realized the day that I realized that I, I had, cause I kept trying to describe that. Yeah. So the day that I realized that we had arrived, this is so funny. Uh, the, uh, I walked up to the parking lot and there was a guy who pulled up in this nice Lexus coupe convertible. It was nice and shiny and he got out and, you know, he fixed his, his belt and put his coat on and adjust, you know, and this guy pulled up right next to him, no joke, no exaggeration, in a backhoe. <laughs> and he parked in a parking space. Right next to him. He got out in his overalls and he stumped the dirt off his boots. <laughs> And he walked and stood in line next to this guy, right? And I was like, this. I did it. what I'm talking about right here. <laughs> well, but I think, you know, you did find, yeah, you, you can't demographically choose it, but you did find people that appreciate well-made food. Right. Good right. coffee and a great place to hang out. Right. That, that's, you know, that that's your audience. That's that's the audience, as long right? As you find them, they're, they're hard to demographically, you know, <laughs> decide on, but... You know, if you build it, they will come, man. Jeff, where were you when I was trying to explain this to these guys? I could you put it you put it so eloquently, I could have used your hey, I I, used your voice. And, 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 you know, I started co-working spaces here in the Austin area and try going to a co-work or trying to go to a banker and explain something that doesn't exist in the area. Man. They couldn't understand how the mechanics of it worked. I went to 17 bankers before I found oh. one that would underwrite me. Oh, I thought I was I thought I was on something when I, I used to brag about being turned down by 11 different bankers. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was part of my stump speech. Right. I'd go to these entrepreneurs. I go talk to schools. I go yeah. talk to aspiring entrepreneurs. And I, I got turned down by 11 banks. And yeah. be like, <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, wait. But I did. I did add six different investor groups. So, OK, I guess All we're right. even. 
I didn't do that. Yeah, we're we're even on this. I didn't do that. I, you know, I had a I had a couple friends help bankroll a little bit. I mean, yeah. it wasn't much at all. But uh, I, I was having more success. Well, I, I didn't have any success at it, but I was having more success um, in conversations with uh, you know um, investor groups than I was yeah. with, with with banks, right? Yeah, but but, uh, he, but and, and restaurants with banks. I mean, they yeah. they just yeah they they've been burned too many times. You know. Okay, so I got to tell you, I got to I got to tell you that right. So I kept I've been in this industry since I was 15 years old. Sure. Right. So it's my industry, <laughs> and when they told me that you know this is the number one uh, closure, you know, banks and club. Yeah. Well, ironically, they said uh, banks. I mean, I'm sorry, banks, uh, restaurants, bars, and churches. I, I, I had no idea how those three fit into the same category. Okay. All right. <laughs> but, but apparently churches had a bad rep of getting funded. But nonetheless, a side note, uh, you know, the, the restaurants and the bars was concerning to me because it's my industry, right? And I was a little sensitive about this. Why is my industry so tainted when it comes to lending? Yeah. And so I started to do homework because I really wanted an answer to the question for my own understanding. Yeah. And I wanted some ammunition that I can go back to the banquet, right? And here's what I came up with, Jeff. The top two reasons that restaurants uh, would fail would be lack of experience okay. and lack of capitalization. Okay. Right? Well, you didn't it's, lack experience it, by any means. No, I had done, I'd, I'd, I'd done this for 11 years prior to. Yep. So I just, I, I just thought that was, you know, after I did a little homework to find out, okay, what are the top reasons why they closed? Hmm. Experience and yep. money. So I went back to the bank and I told him, you know, I had, I had all kinds of stats. I said, hey, these are the top two reasons that the banks, that, I mean, that, that restaurants close. Yeah. One is experience and one is money. I said, my experience is I've been doing this for 11 years. I've managed P&Ls, you know, from a negative, uh, you know, turned it, took a unit from negative 250,000 to putting it in the black. Uh, I've got the experience and right behind you in that door, you've got the money. And if you just give it to me, then we'll, you know, I'll be successful. We solved the capitalization problem right there by giving me the money that I need to run this restaurant. He said, that's not how this works. Yeah. <laughs> we really but, wanted but, to but, have But money. that was valuable information moving yeah. forward um, because as I began to give advice to folks about this, re about the restaurant business, I started to see a lot. I, I understood, you know, being in the restaurant business, I saw so many people who just, it's a sexy business. It's a glamorous business, right? And it's perceived that anyone can do it. Correct. You know, and not and and another uh, downfall is to perceive that if you're a cook, then you can do it. Correct. Right. Or if you can cook. And I don't know if you remember about 20 years ago, there was this book out called The E Myth, The Entrepreneurial yep. Myth. Yeah. Right. And it spoke to that. And so I use that regularly when I talk to aspiring restaurateurs. When they say I want to open a restaurant, I ask them why. And if it's if you tell me it's because you want to make a lot of money, I was like, ah, if you got money to blow, burn, I can show you a whole lot quicker, better, more profitable way to use that money. Yeah. Two, if you want to get into, which is really number one, uh, the number one reason people tell me is because I love to cook. Well, if you love to cook, call your aunt, call your your, your, your granny and them, and tell them to come over next week yeah. because you're cooking. Yeah. Because restaurant is about logistics. Uh -huh. It is about how you get people out of their offices or out of their homes into your building. How do you get product, you know, out of the truck into the back door uh, while the people are coming in the front door, how the food gets to the prep 
-hmm. from the prep to the plate and how the people move from the front door to the register and how they both meet at the table at the same time. Because if you don't get the logistics right, I don't give a damn how great you cook, people will never taste your food. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about how COVID worked for you guys. Oh man, COVID was, so I got my, I got my MBA in 2007. Okay. Right. I got, I say I got my MBA, MBA. I got my ass kicked in 2007. My business was on the, was on the ropes yep. and I had to figure out how to save it. Nice. Right. And so I call that my MBA year. Right. Yep. COVID was more of my PhD year. Okay. Right. Uh, of learning how to maneuver uh, and 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 make the right things happen the right way when you desperately need them, you know it 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 it, it and when it happened, I, I shared with my team, uh, you know where we were and what was ahead of us, what I knew and what I didn't know. Yep. Right, what was ahead yep. of us was we uncertainty. Making it up as we yeah. Was was uncertainty. <laughs> And you know, and what was going to be required of us, uh, of us, of us to do it. Yeah. So, uh, but out of that came some, some, some great things. You know, I, I think, and, and I, I don't want to minimize, you know, the loss of life and you know the terrible experiences that people had. Yeah. But I challenged entrepreneurs and including myself during COVID to keep your eyes open because mm-hmm. I'm a, I, I so that I taught I taught history for a little while too. When I left restaurant, right. I taught. History. So I'm a history buff, right? All right. No and wonder we get along good. What'd you say? I said, no wonder we get along good because I am yeah, a history Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love him. And uh, so, so, you know, I'd seen that throughout time in this nation, in the world it happens, but mm-hmm. in this nation, shifts that take place, major shifts, and how that changes. I cringe when people say, get back, say it, get back to normal from from COVID, right? Because it, 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 there's no such thing. When you have such a seismic shift, it's not going to get back to where it was. No. The job of the entrepreneur is to see what's happening and how do I respond as a result of what's happening. And right. so in my business, I had to examine what is happening and how do I respond as a result of what's happening. So more specifically, the um, and fortunately, the, when COVID hit, and the guidelines were changed. I went to my whiteboard and read all of the stuff that we had been talking about doing. Yeah. Right? And have you ever what put stuff? What could we on, do now? Yeah. Have you ever? Have you ever? Have you ever put stuff on your whiteboard to where you try and take the dry erase thing and and then you got to spray the little stuff because yeah. it's been up there. Yeah, it's been so so, there so long you can't get it off. Yeah. 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 And so um, COVID forced us to take that stuff down and put it into action. Because right. we had we had talked a long time about third party deliveries. We had talked a long time about curbside. We had talked a long time about um, uh, online orders and uh, being able to. Our, our business is so busy on the weekends that we can't take to go orders. We just decided yeah. to focus on the people that were there. Right. Well, when COVID hit, we began take to take to go orders on the weekends. Sure. And so what I told my team was everything that we're putting into place now. When this is over, mm-hmm. we will maintain what we what we're currently doing, and we will bring back everything that we were doing. Nice. And that's it. That was a, a huge task for my GM because sure. when I told him, I said, "We're not going back to the old stuff. We're <laughs> not going to take this stuff and put it back in a box and move it." And I gave him, you know, I gave him enough up 
upfront, you know, I said, this is your task. You need to be taking notes because my expectation when we're done is for you to take everything that we used to do and combine it with what COVID has forced us to. And we have to make this work to where it will function, you know, back to your logistics thing. Yeah. And, and, and I told, you know, and I told my team that I thought, you know, we will be a bigger, better, badder company coming out of this. If we, you know, if we put our hands to the plow yeah. And, and 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 really really dig in, yeah. And so here we are. I, you know, I, I'm not a scientist, so I can't tell you exactly where we are. But I, you know, I know what I, you know, we, we seems to be we're on the, we're on the outskirts yep. of, of of the pandemic. And I can already see that that as 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 a company, you know, we we are we're bigger, better, yeah. <laughs> and better yeah. than we were. I, you know, it was the same for us in the co working area. I mean, we're we're in the same thing. I mean, it's I, I own places where people have to come in. And, you know, that was a challenge. Yeah, all of a sudden one day, you know, half of my audience says, well, hey, I'm not coming into the office anymore. I don't want to pay. And (laughs) I didn't get a break on rent at that point. So we had to do the same thing, kind of figure it out. And and it was interesting for us. We made kind of a seismic shift from, we had a lot of entrepreneurs that we worked with. And all of a sudden we have now this whole group of people who were who now are working from home permanently, you know, they're not going back to their companies and there's a lot of them. They're like, I cannot work from home. It just doesn't, I need to be around people. And so our, our business kind of shifted a different audience now of people that, you know, Hey, they're employees of companies and the company's going, you know, we're, we don't want to pay for a, you know, 150,000 square foot audience or office that's empty. So, you know, we're more than willing to pay three or 400 bucks to put you up at a, a co-working space and, you know, you can work from there. That, so, that, is, that is fantastic. Yeah. That is, and and, and that's the whole idea. Look and listen. You know, I kept repeating, listen to what the universe is telling. It's yeah. speaking. It's speaking to us. Right. You just have to listen for it. It may be, it, 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 it was painful. I'm not going to deny oh. that. Um, but, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know for you. I mean, for me, it was interesting because I was working, you know, I, I would typically work seven days a week, 80 hours a week. And it actually made me stop and slow down and smell the roses a little bit and yeah. realize that there's a life outside of work. Uh, so I, I tell people all the time, I mean, yes, it was hard from a business perspective, but from a personal perspective, I gained my life back as a result of this. Oh, no, 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 no question about it. You know, I, I, uh, my uh, Facebook memory reminded me literally just just this morning, just yesterday, yeah, uh, of a um, puzzle night that <laughs> you know we had in the, in in the house, right? Me and yeah. my, my my three kids, it, and and it was it was you know yes, I, I'm I, I'm I'm a I'm a workaholic. I work morning, yep. noon, and night. Yep. Um, this and this was one of the few times that. Well, I say one a few times. I hadn't had all three of my children under one roof in about four years because my daughter, my oldest, had gone off to college sure. and you know grad school or whatever. But she had to she had to come home. Yep. And so to have all three of them under the roof, it under the roof, and and you're going back to the you know you yeah. can't watch Netflix every day. What else can yeah. we do? Hey, let's do puzzle night. That's find a number of things to do. And yeah. and my 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 nights were consumed because I have a bar as well. My nights yeah. were consumed. Uh, by going to the bar to work and that, yeah. you know, state shut that down. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, hey I'm going home. There, there's actually life. I have <laughs> life. 
I'm going home. Yes. And I watch people on social media whine about, oh, I'm stuck at home and, and you know, not being able, you know, not going to work. And I thought, because I was in a position where I couldn't stop, right? Because. Yeah, same thing. Because yeah. they didn't stop the business. Yep. I still had to participate, right? I still, if they had told us, okay, no more work, then I just go home. Sure. But because it was there, I, you know, I had, I had to participate. And I, you know, and I told folks, I said, listen, if, if you don't come out individuals, I said, if you don't come out of this better on the other side, yep. you know, notwithstanding health uh, issues, uh, if you don't come out better on the other side, then, you know, that's on you. Cause if I, if I stayed home, if I had the opportunity to stay home all day, every day, yeah. man, I would probably come out of this thing speaking Mandarin, uh playing playing the violin yeah you'd have three online businesses running <laughs> you know <laughs> and so i was telling one of my one of my mentees who's, who's getting ready to open his first restaurant uh he was you know talking about the challenge with labor and i was explaining to him that you know labor has changed yeah it, it, it's a different thing it's not it's not just you know people got free money as i'm air quote people got free money and they didn't come in but people started thinking differently. People yep. started acting differently. Some people who were who were inside of restaurants are now, you know, uh, running a catering business out of, yep. you know, off of Instagram. Or some people who were in the food business decided to get into something else. Or somebody, sure. some, you know, you know, things just change. I, well, I, I, call mean, one, I, I remember calling. Now. You know, I go to I go to restaurants and I'm like, yeah, it, it's funny because it used to be it was all you know, high school students, yeah. you know, like you, I mean, it started when you were 16 years old and now I'm like, okay, I'm walking around, I'm watching the, the people that work in the restaurants and they're all 50, 60 years old because they're the wow. only people who want to come to work. You know, that's the thing. And it's like, well, and you, and you got to think about, so, you know, for me at, at 15, 16, you know, getting the job was like, that was, I couldn't wait. Get. Yeah. Well, right. that was our freedom. That right. was like, Hey, you know, I, I either can sit at home with my parents and they tell me what to do, or I go out. I, I was telling my wife the other day, I was like, you know, I came to the realization the other day, I have, I have been working since I was 13 years old, started throwing wow. papers, th started throwing papers when I was 13 years old, 14 years old, went to work for my, my friend's dad who had a metal shop. And, you know, we, during the summertime, we used to salvage oil field bits. And so you had to, heat them up to 2000 degrees so you know it's 100 you know we're, we're here in texas so you know it's 100 degrees in the summer where we worked overnight because we couldn't work in there during the day and i mean inside the shop was like 310 degrees so you could only be in there for like five or ten minutes so i'm like any any little you know mamby pamby today that says oh well my job's so hard i'm like you don't know hard <laughs> you don't you don't you you, you don't know hard yeah. And, 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 you know, life's different, you know, the, you know, with social media and the, the social media business and, you know, the YouTube business, you know, the business of being a, uh, yeah. an influencer and so on. So, so it, things have just changed. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you know, and I, and I, I, and I don't fault the millennial generation. A lot of the, you know, everybody loves to slam on the millennial generation, but I'm like, you know, for a lot of them, they want to see, they want to experience life today. Right. So when I look at, you know, Freedom Day in my world, it's like, okay, well, then if you want to experience life today, then figure out how to figure out how to start a business, figure out how to do this. Now, you can't just go start a business, sit in your mom's basement and figure out, right. you know, start a business. Hey, you got to go to work, go to work, make a living, 
replace that income with that, whatever your side wiggle is and, you know, and go from there. And, and, you know, and as, as, as a parent, you know, I even, um, you know, I understood that things were changing and, and, and I kind of opened my mind to the way things were changing. I, and, um, you know, I run these scenarios of what ifs with, with my children. What if one of my kids came to me with this one? So I ran a scenario of what if, what if one of my kids said, Hey, I don't know about this college thing. I think I want to start a business. Yeah. I, 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 unlike my, unlike my parents who didn't know, you know. Yeah. Well, and, and your dad coming from the education and yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. They, <laughs> the yeah. educated, you know, there's no option. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even, even when I had a college degree and decided to quit my job to open my business, my parents were like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> You what, know, entrepreneur, entrepreneurship wasn't 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 sexy in 1999 right it, not as sexy as it is today it, nope. it, you know especially for somebody young mm-hmm. um you know i it, it was it was it was foreign yeah uh i remember i remember uh, and you said something earlier and made me think about this um so i i found i found uh the location for my business while i was uh in the in the in the lounge reading the paper uh, on my on my break, right? Yeah. Um, picked up the telephone, made the phone call, told the lady I wanted to come and see it. Uh, the next day on my break, I had because I had like a ninety minute break. I drove down to take a look at it, came back to work, and turned in my resignation. Yep. Um, because I, I, you know, I, I, I and they were like, you, you just quit all of a sudden. No, mm-hmm. I, I've known I've wanted to do this for quite some time. Yeah, you were preparing yourself for yeah. it. Yeah, and 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 the stars just lined up, mm-hmm. right? I I just happened to be reading the paper and happened to find a great location, mm-hmm. and wow, here we yeah. go. So, uh, but I remember when it when when I, when I did, and I had a friend come in one day, uh, who worked up the up the street in downtown on the 40th floor for some corporation, making six figures, doing, you know, whatever, and he said, "Man," and I you know I saw him looking around in amazement. I hadn't even opened yet or I just opened barely. And he said, man, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't know how you do it. I said, how do I do what? He said, I, I don't know how you out here so loose. And so, uh, so, so um, what's the word he used? You know, you just, you just out here living dangerously on the wild side. And I was like, I said, well, listen, um, oh, uh, uh, insecure or unsecure, you know those those that language, right? Losing your security job, yeah, yeah, you have a job yeah. with with a with a guaranteed paycheck. Yeah. And I told him, I said, "Listen, man, I said you work downtown on the forty floor, right? Yeah. The people who make the decisions for the company are one, are, you know, on the fiftieth floor. Yeah. And when they decide to do an M and A with the people across the street, mm-hmm. you're nowhere in that conversation." Nope. Particularly by name, you're in you're in that conversation by number, and it's uncertain whether or not you, you you're going to make the cut or not. Yep. I said that to me is living on the wild side. That to me is living dangerously. Yeah. I I know what I'm going to eat today because I'm going to hunt. Yep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get up every morning. I'm gonna go hunt. And and and, and I'm and 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 I I'm not I'm not, I wasn't downing him. I'm just. No. You know, I was just explaining to you think that what I'm doing is volatile. No, brother, what you're doing is highly risky because you're depending on somebody else to feed you. Yeah. And I take a lot of comfort in the fact that I know that I'm going to eat today because there's not going to be a day that I don't get up, put my boots on as long as, you know, the creator gives me, you know, breath of life, as my papa used to say. <laughs> Have you uh, ever heard of Eric Thomas's uh, where he talks about being a, a lion versus a, a gazelle? 
Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Like, like without Gazelle, a doubt. Gazelle has to run from fear every day long. The lion <laughs> has to eat, so they're has to eat. <laughs> they have to eat for their survival. Got a part to play, you know. It's, it's, it's about who's going to do their job better on that day. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the, the gazelle might get away and the lion doesn't get to eat that day, but they're going to run out of time eventually. So, But the lion's not sitting there waiting for somebody to bring no. the gazelle to him, right? No, not they, sitting have, there waiting they have for, to go get it. Yeah, they have gotta, to go get got, it. You got to go get it. Yeah, And that employee mindset versus the entrepreneur mindset, that's exactly. Yeah. So what's new in your world? What do you got coming up? Oh man, what's new in my world? Um, honestly, coming out of COVID is new. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how it, it, that. It, uh, uh, what was the phrase? We outside again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually <laughs> can see people and faces. It's amazing. Yeah. So, so what what that means for me is um, everything that we pressed pause on that was about to be new pre-COVID okay. is yep. now going to be new. Uh, we have a brand new food truck that uh, we're about to roll out that was built over COVID, okay, uh, and then and then delayed because of COVID, and so now it's finally finished and um, and we're Taking staffing it up. So on the road, I like this. this oh is- yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put these grits on the road. We yeah. we may be rolling. We may be rolling to Austin. All know? right, brother. I'm waiting for you. <laughs> you know, so that 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 and 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 we're looking for uh, you know what's our next step? Where where else? Um, will the Breakfast Club be uh, uh, as 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 impactful uh, as it has been in the city of Houston? Right, where else in the city of Houston, and where else outside of the city of Houston? So that's that that that's our journey now to figure out, you know, where do where do where do we go from here? I can't wait to hear the the next part of the story. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's uh, let's transition into the fast five questions. You ready? Oh, I don't know, man. I think I'm nervous. <laughs> Come on, man. You got this. All right. So, all right. So number one, you wake up in the morning, business is totally gone. You have 500 bucks in your pocket, laptop, computer, place to live, food. What are you going to do first? Um, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to make me some breakfast. There you go. That's, that's, that's the very first thing I'm doing. I'm going to get up. I'm, I'm going to go in the kitchen and I am going to. And he, here's the thing. The, it, it, my breakfast may be a big bowl of Captain Crunch. That's all right. <laughs> and and what I mean by that is I'm gonna I'm gonna take a minute to breathe. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna take a minute. You know, using the standards that you said. You know, think I, everything's yeah. okay right right now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take a minute to breathe. And if this is if this was a, a, a you know a, a tragedy, um, I'm gonna take a minute to grieve. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm gonna I'm, I'm just gonna think. Yeah. I'm gonna meditate on on what I've been doing because I've been in business two decades, right? And I'm gonna meditate over what's taken place over the last 20 years, and then I'm gonna be grateful mm-hmm. for the 20 years that 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 I that I've had. Yeah. And then when I when it dawns on me that hey, uh, you know, I I have rent this month, but I need it next month. I'm gonna take that five hundred dollars. And I'm going to go buy some groceries. I'm going to go on Instagram and I'm going to sell some food. There you go. I love this. I'm going to do, I'm going to do what I know, right? Do what you know. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. I mean, you do what you know. But I mean, I, I think, you know, the way you answered that is exactly how you answered me before we were off camera. You know, it's like for you, breakfast is that game mindset. Okay, I've got to, yeah. you know, this is what I've got to do to get myself going. And that's, that's really the breakfast club's, you know, that's what it, it I'm, is. I'm, I'm going to take time to get my day together 
Yep. And in the instance that you just described, I'm going to take time to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to knee jerk. I'm not going to react abruptly. Yeah. I want, I want to get a full understanding and appreciation mm-hmm. of the moment that, that I'm in, if that scenario were to ever, Absolutely. were to ever happen. Absolutely. And, and, and quite frankly, I had to think about that, uh, pre you know, right, years right, ago. right when, right when COVID came, right. I, I, I had to think about that. Yeah. Uh, what it, Oh, you mind if I share this real quick? Oh, please go ahead, man. Okay. So uh, you asked me about COVID and how did I make it through one, an exercise that, uh, uh, someone shared with me years ago was when you have a situation, good or bad, you take it and you roll it out east, west, as far as you can. Okay. Right. You, you come up with the best case scenario and come up with the, with the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Right. And think about those things and think about how you would act and how you respond and what's your game plan and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be very beneficial because before COVID happened, I would find different situations that I would see on TV or read in the paper. And I would just, okay, let's put me in that position. Let's put my business in that position. How would you respond? If you all of a sudden got a hundred million dollars and opened a hundred stores, how would you respond? If you all of a sudden, you know, had to close your doors, how would you respond? Um, And so same with COVID. I had, I had thought about COVID in October, November of 2019. Interesting. Right. Because when I had, when I saw it on television, Uh I started to think about, okay, what happens if this is the one that reaches our shores? Because you got to think about it. Yeah. We had had a number of uh, close calls with bird flu and uh, another SARS or something. Yeah. Yep. And so I can't tell you I knew COVID was coming, mm-hmm. but I can tell you I did believe the people when, when, when President Obama said in one of his statements that one of the things the U.S. needs to be ready for is, you know, a pandemic. Yep. And so, it, and it's not that it helped. I'll tell you where it helped it removed some of the shock yeah. because I had visited conceptually what happens if the U S shuts my restaurant down. What happens if the state of Texas or Houston shuts my business down? What will I do then? How do I survive? How do I survive? Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, I was in the military. It's, it's that game planning of the worst possible scenario. You hope it never happens, but man, I tell you having your brain in gear, <laughs> have you have you have you read Good to Great? Yes, I have. Phenomenal. Okay. The, you remember the part in there where it talked about the 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 soldier that was that was uh, in captivity mm-hmm. and how he was able to survive and come out of it. Yeah. And you know the response was every day he didn't fool himself about where he was, about whether or not they were going to make it home by Easter, whether or not they were going to make it home by Halloween or Thanksgiving. Yeah. Every day I wake up, I know this is where I am. This is yeah. the shit I'm in today. Absolutely. I got to, I got to, I got to own that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't own that, then you're in, you may be in for a rude awakening. It's great to have faith. Yep. Right. It's great to be hopeful, oh, yeah. but you got to be a re- realistic in the moment, the very moment that you, but, you know, and, and too many people use that as a crutch though. You know, well, God will just take care of me. <laughs> God's also got a really wicked sense of humor, dude. <laughs> if you leave it to him, he's Look, if, you, if you're a religious person and you're a biblical person, you'll find that every time that was a work done in the Bible, it was done through some some human being. Yes. Somebody had to put some work in. That's exactly right. right. That's exactly yeah. And I, I love that. You know, it's like I'm I'm very religious myself, 
but the reality is ain't nobody coming to help me besides me. <laughs> hey, look, look, there's a, I, I, I give you, I give you a life lesson, business lesson, what have you that's found in scripture. Yeah. It's the man at the pool of Bethesda yeah. where he, he, where, you know, uh, the, the teacher asked him, what are you waiting for? He said, I'm waiting for other people to come and put me in the pool. And I'm waiting for the angel to stir the water. Yeah. And the teacher simply told him, get your mat and get your butt up and walk. <laughs> I mean, and, and it was, it was, it, you know, it was, it, it was a hard lesson, right? It was like, but it's it, a true lesson, but yeah. it's a truth. It's a life lesson, man. Stop waiting. You know, no. So I, I share with people, Hey, there's no, there's no angel going to stir your water to change your situation. Mm-hmm. And you might not have nobody to come pick up your bed. If yeah. you want to be made whole again, you need to get up and walk and you need yeah. to do it right now. Exactly. And don't, and, and, don't and that's a, that's a lesson in business, right? If you, you can't, you can't sit and wallow about, Oh man, they closed my doors and I, yeah. you need to get your mat and yeah. you need to walk. Well, I mean, I'm sure how, how many of your friends were in the restaurant business that aren't anymore. Yeah. Cause they, you know, a lot of them just, it was like shock value. I mean, I lost in, in, you know, the co-working world. I mean, I lost six friends that had independent co-working spaces that just went out of business because they didn't have they didn't have a solution for any of this. And, you know, I mean, what did we do? We had to lay off our whole staff. And my wife and I ran the company for a while until we could get ourselves on our feet and, and figure out what was going to be next. You know, and once we knew, OK, we all right, we at least know where we're going. OK, now we can bring staff back in and I can feel comfortable with that. You know, and that that's the way uh, way all of us had to do it. What's the biggest business mistake you've made? You got to pick one. Uh, biggest business mistake that I made. Mm-hmm. Um, I hedged. Okay. And as entrepreneurs, we hedge, mm-hmm. right? We gamble, we take risks. Yep. But I made a hedge move um, deeper than I should have. Okay. Early, I, I, I committed mm-hmm. because I had four different things that were, were about to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I, I moved forward on it. And okay. sure enough, all four fell through. And man, oh man, a shevitz. <laughs> as soon as I hedged, gas went up. Of course. Right? The cost of food went up. Absolutely. The housing market crashed. Oh, yeah. Here we go. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and I, but I had, I had big deals on the table. Yeah. So I hedged. And I jumped on it. Um, was it a mistake to do so? I would say yes, because it costs dearly. You know, sure. Um, I won't. I won't say that it means I would never hedge again. I wouldn't hedge in that manner. Yeah. I would. I would operate with. with I'm, I'm still a risk taker. I'm still an entrepreneur. Just- but I would. I would make sure that I'm covered in a couple more areas than you know. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it 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 it, it was a, it was a pretty. I mean, you never in a million years would have guessed all those th- all those things would have happened on the front side, and then everything on the back side would have fallen through. But had I at least made sure that one of them were were secure, mm-hmm. then it would have it would have been. You'd have been fine. Yeah. Now that's a God thing, right there. Let me throw <laughs> all this stuff at you at one time and see how you act. Man, <laughs> and, and 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 you're exactly right. Yeah. I mean, it was. Oh, that's a great deal. I'm gonna take it. <laughs> Oh, that's a great deal. I'm on it. Oh man, you know what I mean. Let's just go all in. Yeah, put the go all in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. 
What's a good book that you recommend? You, you said one earlier, but what's a good book you would recommend to our audience? If your audience, well, I, I, early on in, in, in my in my career, uh, one of the um, one of one of the best books that I read as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. was a book called The Dream Giver. Okay, interesting. And are you familiar? No, I'm not. I just, okay, like, yeah, and, and it was um, it was. Um, it's a it's a it's a short book. Okay. It's by Bruce Wilkinson. Um, it's it's corny in terms of it. Te- you know, it, te- it reads like a kid story. Okay. Um, but when I tell you it it adequately describes the life of an entrepreneur, uh, it it just absolutely does, right? That's awesome. Uh, and it, and I, I just a little snippet of it is about this 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 kid named Nobody that okay. lives in the land of anywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that, and, and, and but he, ha- he, 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 one day he discovers he has a dream. Okay. And you'll see, you'll, you can actually see your life as an entrepreneur in this story. You'll see the mom who, baby, don't do that. No, 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 no. You'll see, you'll see the dad who you find out had, had, which was important to me because, like I told you, my dad could have been a professional musician. Sure. Could have been a professional. You you see you see the dad who ha- who still had his dream harbored in his heart, yep. right? You see the friends who lived in the land and they were unfamiliar with the friend that I described. It was like, how are you out here living yeah. loose on the limb, like, yeah, you know. And it just it, it just it just perfectly describes the life of somebody who has a who has a dream in their heart, yeah, right. And then you remi- you're reminded, and something I use today. You you got to remind you got to remember where, where where dreams come from. Mm-hmm. dreams come from the creator yeah. and they're given to you for a purpose and you're responsible for fulfilling that purpose mm-hmm. and to not do so in my opinion is disobedience that's just my thing if you've been given a gift a talent a skill and you've been given a a, a dream then you you're supposed you're, as 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 a responsibility to the rest of the creation you're supposed to fulfill it yeah and if you don't then you're denying somebody or something Absolutely. If the trees don't do their job, we don't breathe. Mm-hmm. If the bees don't do their job, we don't eat. Mm-hmm. So if you don't do what you are supposed to do in this creation, then you're denying life to someone else. Absolutely. And yourself on top yeah. of yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's Sorry even... for getting off on my on my soapbox. <laughs> that's awesome. No, it's fantastic. What's a tool you use in your business every day that you might recommend? I, I can't, I can't a, like a, a physical tool. Yeah. That's... A, a, a tool that I use in my business every day is breathing. Okay. And 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 I and I'm saying that tongue in cheek, but you know, in all sincerity, uh-huh. taking the time to to deliberately breathe. Yep. Right. To to meditate, to uh-huh. inhale, to exhale, to to take deep breaths. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, I mean, it's so crucial. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would take, I would take long, I would take walks and, and, and breathe. And that, that was a tool that, 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 now if you, if you get, if you ask me for a physical tool, it's a pencil. Right? <laughs> no, I, I, I am. An old school pencil on top yeah, of it, man. Yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. I am not, I am not the, if I, if I have ideas, it, I, I need, I, I like to write them down. Yep. They, it, 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 it comes, there's something sacred and spiritual to me about putting the pen to the paper, mm-hmm. more so than typing it out on the computer. Yep. More so, I may just be making an excuse for not being a techie, 
but I love the pencil, man. Not, I ain't even talking about a pen. I love the pencil. The actual pencil, yeah. The actual pencil. Now, so here, here's the funny thing. So I am like super tech guy. I'll, it, I'll, tech <laughs> is my thing, right? And I run my whole business off of technology, but I still come into the office every morning. I still have a, a day timer and I yeah. write my whole schedule and my task list down that day. Because if I don't do that, it doesn't resonate with me. I, it, it, it's not real. I get it. Until I do that. Yep. So one of the pieces of advice that I used to give people about, you know, hey, I got an idea for, for a business. And I would tell them, well, your next step is you need to you need to write your business plan. You need to put it down. And not not write your business plan for the sake of, uh, you know, of having a business plan. But writing your business plan breathes life into this idea that you have. Nice. When, you, when you sit down and you begin to work on it, Mm-hmm. And every stroke of that pencil or of that computer, it breathes life into that dream that you have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just think that there's something spiritual about, about that. Right? So the pencil. Yes, pencil. That is I, give, I, I give you a little, a little something I used to do. I did this for about five years, man. I used to get up every morning and and uh, you I, I, I use guest checks a lot for, for I mean, no, I, I mean, I, 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 walk in, I, grab, I walk in, I grab a guest check yeah. and I make notes, you know, and I take those notes back to my office and yeah. then I'll put them into something. But, you know, <laughs> and, and I, I think my GM thinks whenever he sees me getting the guest check, he's like, oh, no, man, man, it's more work for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I used I used to take take I used to get up in the morning, come into to, to, to work. Give me a cup of coffee. I put it in a in a tall styrofoam cup, mm. and I had to I had to grab a, a, a pen. I'll tell you why, but in a tall styrofoam cup, and I would go out and I would take a walk, mm. and I just walk you know blocks, and I would write on the side of the cup. Okay, just notes, right? In the styrofoam cup, I just write you know, mm. just taking notes, just writing little things, keywords to know what I needed to work on. Then I get back, I go back to my office and I sit my cup on my desk mm-hmm. and right in front of me is what I'm working on. <laughs> I love this. I love it. How does somebody get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you? Uh, come buy some grits. Come on down. <laughs> grits and pork chops. You sold me, buddy. I'm, I'm right there. That's awesome. Now, I, you can you can find us, uh, you can find me on, online, thebreakfastclub.com. Okay. Uh, uh, Marcus at the Breakfast Club is my email. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Marcus Mosiah. I'm on Facebook. Um, but you know, when, when, when people ask, you know, Hey man, what, how, how can I get 15 minutes of your time? <laughs> I say, I can tell you how you, I can guarantee you seven minutes. Uh, or I can give you a higher probability of you getting seven minutes than me actually scheduling something with you. Right. How right. you show up at the restaurant. I, I go to work every day. I make my rounds. I'll probably see you. I'll probably sit down and talk to you and you'll probably get there quicker than putting it on the calendar, putting it on the calendar. Right. Sure. Cause if I you know. put it on the calendar, it's probably going to be two months out. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But if you, if you're in the restaurant and I see you, I got a hot five for you right there, right there. There you go. So if you want to find me, Come on down. Come on down to the breakfast club. Well, Marcus, I got to tell you, man, this was probably the most fun I've had in a long time. Uh, Oh, man, I I enjoyed it. um, Thank you for sharing your time today. I'm glad I had an hour of your time. Uh, Longer interview than we ever have done. 
but oh, it was one of the hey, most. I, I forgot to tell you, my dad was also a Baptist preacher. So oh, <laughs> <laughs> my dad, my grandfather, my great grandfather. So I get it honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. And audience, you know, those of you guys out there, if you're in the Houston area, you know where to go. Uh, if you want good food, the breakfast club. Um, and, you know, as always, wherever you're at, wherever you're watching this, make sure that you um, link to us, ask questions, drop that into a comment section. And like I said, uh, all the stuff that Marcus talked about is going to be down in the show notes page. So thank you all. We appreciate you. And we will see you back here next time. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.